Hail! Welcome to Alchemy. Today we have the great pleasure of welcoming Alana Freeland. Alana is an author and a teacher. I uh, first became aware of her uh, from her book Under an Ionized Sky a number of years ago. And uh, in that series, she also has uh, Most New Geoengineering and Transhumanism. And the first book in that was Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. Um, real happy to have Alana on. Uh, uh, her work uh, influenced a lot of what I had to say uh, in some of the first things that I uh, spoke about uh, when I was speaking about uh, tying it to mythology and uh, Uranus being uh, aluminum compared to the uh, Saturn and that they were moving back to the aluminum portion of things with the Sky Father type scenario. Uh, and that was on Freeman Fly and a uh, bunch of other places, but a uh, bunch of Alana's work uh, heavily influenced that. Um, so welcome to Odin's Alchemy. Well, thank you. Now, are you Benjamin? You betcha. All right, all right. Yeah, Benjamin Baldwin. Right yeah, more, more, more people know, know me by name than my show. Uh, I've only been doing the show a little over a year. Um, before that, uh, I had originally started out with a TV show and a regular TV show and my goodness, and we just got a phone that started ringing to today and it does not stop ringing, ringing today. Now. <laughs> hey, if for a, over a year, we, cause we got that Starlink. that's how we even got internet. So this is why I didn't have a show. After I left the TV station and radio station because they tried censoring me, I didn't really have an option for a normal show because I had no internet. I lived completely off grid out in the middle of nowhere, and I would have to drive about 40 minutes just to do an interview. So I did interviews on like Crow and Freeman and uh, uh, I, a bunch of just wonderful other shows, uh, Interverse, I'm on Spiders now. Um, but I couldn't have a regular thing like this where I didn't have dependable signal. I couldn't host anything. That's for sure. Um, but now I got Starlink. But for over a year, the phone has not been able to. Uh, I've been able to make calls and not receive calls. I, you, my name even shows up on the caller ID, but you can't call me back. Um, <laughs> it, it's been insane. And I call the Starlink to get or. We have to call uh, Viasat. Um, that's the agents that we're getting Starlink through or whatever. Um, and they're like, well, we'll call. We ha we'll have tech call you back. We're like, nobody can call us. That's that's the problem. <laughs> and then nobody ever calls us back. And yeah, it, it's it's a it was been a ridiculous thing. But uh, I got assaulted uh, last week, which I apologize to everybody for the show not being at the normal time. We did do. Uh, uh, one of these new co or I don't know where both both shows are able to multi-stream it or whatever with Bernie, um, the crypto alchemist on Friday. I'm sorry it wasn't at a normal time. Uh, I got uh, trapped up in the mountains by some uh, uh, highway workers and then I was assaulted 
and I had to fight my way out. There was four of them, and I got trapped between a motor grader and two plows. It was super weird. I'm still not sure exactly what's going on. I didn't want to say anything about it over the weekend, but uh, uh, now I've already, today, part of the reason the phone has been ringing off the hooks because of the police and whatnot calling me because, uh, yeah, they're already putting that over to the uh, district attorney to uh, <coughs> file charges and everything, so that's good stuff um it were was you insane. hurt were you hurt um he punched me about four times in the jaw it was insane and he like ripped open my truck door and started punching me in the jaw i don't even oh, know who wow. these people are if they thought they knew who i was or they thought that they were gonna rob me because i was going to town for, for supplies and when i go to town i bring these big uh yeti coolers and coming out of the mountains I know they think a lot of people are growing up here. I'm one of the few people around that doesn't grow. And uh, so I don't know if he thought that maybe I had a bunch of like really good stuff hidden in these coolers or something. I, I don't know what they were thinking. I, it, it was mind boggling. I'm just like, while even while it was happening, like the first two hits, I'm just like looking at the guy. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What is going on right now? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and this guy was just crazed. I I don't know if he thought I was somebody that I I, I don't know. I, I can't even speculate. But anyways, they they they've got who it is. They uh, <clears throat> the charges are already being filed. Um, we'll see about the rest <laughs> as it comes. Working on it. But so sorry I was off last week. But uh, and we're live this week. Um. And here with Alana. So <laughs> please tell everybody where they can find you and where they can uh, go to best purchase your book so it uh, most benefits you. Right. The, uh, the best place to purchase the books to avoid evil Amazon is from the Rudolf Steiner bookstore in Seattle, Washington, believe it or not. You can look up Rudolf Steiner bookstore, Seattle, and you will find it. They carry everything I write. Uh, and that includes a series I did in which where you live in Humboldt County, I have a whole oh, wow. scene about Humboldt County. Uh, and that's the uh, Sub Rosa America, a deep state history series, four books, 1300 pages, telling the story of what happened to America since Kennedy's assassination. So, um, I, uh, that bookstore carries all of my stuff, my three geoengineering books and uh, the Sub Rosa series, and also a magazine I edited uh, about Rudolf Steiner, because I'm, I'm a big fan and student of Rudolf Steiner for many, many years. Used to be a Waldorf teacher, uh, started a few Waldorf schools up here in Washington State, where I'm sort of stuck. I'd love to get out of here, but I don't know where to go. Uh, so I write books and, um, you know, I live in a little tiny HUD apartment complex uh, for poor people, for the aging, for the disabled, mentally disabled and the physically disabled. I feel like I live in a hospital. Uh, and uh, and it's great because the rent is very cheap and, um I I, uh, I definitely prefer living around poor people to living around the middle class. So um, 
I, uh, I'm writing now another book uh, again on this time on synthetic biology of what we've been through the last three years and how it ties into uh, geoengineering, just like my third book, Geoengineered Transhumanism, how the environment has been weaponized by chemicals, uh, electromagnetism, and nanotechnology for synthetic biology. That's the title of the third book in my trilogy of geoengineering. And um, that book is huge, 650 pages. So if the price of the book is a little scary, that's why. Uh, it, it ties together five big topics that all work together and are used as a, uh, a bio-warfare weapon. Uh, in the environment and then into our bloodstream. So um, I've been doing this for 11, uh, going on between 11 and 13 years. Uh, I had no idea I would end up writing these books long ago, but um, I got interested because of uh, researching for the Sub Rosa America series. I came across uh, something about chemtrails and I came across something about HARP, the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project up in Gakona, Alaska. Uh, back in 96, I read Nick Begich, Nick Begich and Gene Manning's book, Angels Don't Play This HARP, H-A-A-R-P. And so uh, that was the beginning for me. And then I met Clifford Carnicum, the independent scientist, pretty much the only independent scientist who was collecting uh, condensation from the jet trails in northern New Mexico, uh, and uh, and he he would it would be condensation from snow and dew and rain and whatever, and then it would also be the HEPA filter that he had, where he would scrape uh, the detritus in there and then examine it under his microscope. So I met him at a breakfast, you know how life is, life sends you the people you need. Uh, and uh, we began to put our heads together. I had a biology background, hadn't really touched it in years. Uh, and um, I began to, uh, I did his red wine test, which is where you clean your mouth. And then you take just a swig of wine, red wine or grape juice and slosh it around and then spit it into a clean dish. And uh, you will see the Morgellons uh, creature uh, crawling across the bottom of, uh, of the uh, jar or whatever it is. And so um, the other thing we did next was then to take a bit of my blood and put it on a slide and put it under the microscope. And there I saw the innards of the fiber that crawled across the glass jar, the inside that Clifford had been able to uh, get to through ch with chemicals and heat. And uh, I saw it sucking the iron out of my red blood cells. Uh, that definitely got my attention. So my blood cell would start out nice and plump and round. And then as soon as this thing had sucked all the iron out, my blood cell would pancake. So, um, what was going on back then, that was the early 2000s when I met Clifford, uh, that has now extended to what is being inoculated into people's bodies. 
this is the same program that developed uh, a uh, bioengineered pathogen that could be um, electromagnetically hooked up to be a transmitter and a receiver with uh, the present 5G, 6G uh, wireless technology. And that's, that's the key is that what was going on back then, you, you all, you know, you always think that the past stays in the past, but actually the past often comes with whatever into the present and the future, especially if you haven't done justice to that past, uh, that past. So uh, now I'm working, still I'm working again with Clifford Carnicum, the scientist, and uh, we're working with a doctor whose name is uh, Dr. Anna Mihalcia, Mihalcia, Mihalcia. I'm learning how to say it, as you can see. So uh, we're working to see what this latest assault on the human blood is about. And what it's about is transhumanism. That's what all this is about, is creating another race of transhumans uh, not uh, human 1.0, but moving on to two, human 2.0. And this, of course, has to do with uh, complete control over the free will beings uh, of humans 1.0 uh, and uh, being able to rule like gods, like false gods on the planet Earth. And, um, and so I've, I've pretty much, I realized this years ago, and I've pretty much dedicated my whole life to this. Now, uh, hard to believe, because there are other things I'd like to be writing about, but uh, this is the number one thing that has to be put out there for the public in an era when people don't even read anymore. I mean, most people don't read. They can, and if they do read, they can't concentrate and they can't remember what they read in the page before. And they, they don't have any conception from their, their bad schooling of how to be an active reader, where you're really digging in with full concentration and then making notes and going back a few pages and comparing and contrasting. Most people can't do that sort of um, extended labor of the conscious, the neocortex mind anymore. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, I, I'm from the old generation, right? I'm 75 and uh, I was raised without television and um, I read a lot. I read early uh, and uh, have a great imagination. Um, you know, I mean, it, how you live and how you're raised has a lot to do with what you're going to be able to do the rest of your life. And so, uh, you know, I highly recommend to people get rid of your TV, get rid of your iPhone. I've never owned either. Uh, I, I, the most, uh, the only military equipment I own is the uh, computer that I'm speaking to you on now. Uh, because otherwise I have a landline, works just fine. And um, I know I'm talking to people who know all about this because if you're going back to the land and you're going off grid, you know what this stuff means. Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, uh, uh, even off grid, one of the first things we, when I lived in Reading, we had internet and uh, we have this in a very isolated area in the house at this point. 
um, and everything's hardwired, but uh, we had just a Wi-Fi box. And because I hit live off grid, I had very limited uh, plugins because uh, I live off solar. So it's, you know, a battery bank only has so much. I mean, I, I know that uh, when people think about moving off grid, they have these dreams of living exactly like they do in the city. Right. And that is absolutely not true. Not true. Like, a, right. no, no, right. a, a fridge is a giant draw. Just the battery bank to run a fridge is insane you're talking about having fifteen thousand dollars worth of batteries to run a fridge for wow. yeah it, it, it's it's rugged um so the the incubators that we would have were limited spots and i was incubating eggs because uh, i like to get my chickens hatched in the winter so that way right when the spring bugs come out they're ready to just go just release the horde right and uh uh, the ones in my, where I slept, cause I slept inside the way my other place was set up, the, it was actually just mold a couple different sheds. And then I ended up tying them together and making it into a house. Anyways, uh, the chicken, the Wi-Fi box was in this one far shed. And then my, my camper, which I barely got signal in, um, that was where the other incubator was and the incubator held about 52 eggs, I think. And out of that 48 hatched out of the one in the, um, in the camper and three hatched in the other one that was sitting right next to the Wi-Fi. And of those three, two of them were immediately born with deformities that killed off the baby. One had scissor beak so bad it couldn't eat. And the other one had splay leg where one leg was just almost sticking out backwards and I was like, wow. So I went into the chicken coop and I just grabbed up a bunch of eggs and I switched the incubators and I filled them both with just random eggs and repeated it. And I got the same results. So I was like, okay, that's insane. So we've always kept just the Wi-Fi, like everything down on that because it's horrible for your cells, horrible for you. And we don't have cable. I, I grew up... Uh, on a small farm. So we just didn't have TV back when I was a kid. It was just a very rare, odd thing. Um, and I still live that way. So like yourself, like just keep doing that. But when the chickens, when that happened, I don't understand the relationship between the incubator and the Wi-Fi router. Was it, was it the router that was doing that to them or what? Yeah. Yeah. The Wi-Fi router was. Okay. It, the and router the, is. Computer yeah. was right next to it and the Wi-Fi router itself sending out oh, the wow. Wi-Fi signal yeah. that uh, that the chickens could not incubate, them eggs would not take. And the ones that did oh, they no, were right. No. No, the Wi-Fi router <laughs> is I, mean, I unplug mine every night. The only reason I have Wi-Fi is well, I write books and uh, you know, everything yeah. now is pretty much breaking news. I mean, uh, I can't go like a week off. People keep saying, why don't you take a vacation? Well, don't you realize that if I take a vacation, whatever that is, uh, and I come back to this, all sorts of stuff has happened. And I'm going to have to catch up all that, plus uh, keep up with what's pouring in on that particular day. I mean, that's the way it is now. It's, uh, it's so much is going on uh, that uh, you have to keep up. 
Now, did you want me to talk? I mean, do you, are the people who listen to your show, do they know about HARP and, uh, and how all this geoengineering technology works? Because uh, I'd be very happy to go through that. Each book deals with a different aspect of this technology because it is worldwide. We're not talking about silver nitrate. We're not talking about uh, cloud seeding here. We're talking about a full-on AI-run global program that completely controls the ionosphere and the jet stream. That's how they do the weather. All the weather is now engineered. There is no natural weather that I know of, even in remote rural areas, because we're living in a big bubble, right? And we all breathe from this big bubble. So what's what's in basically the the uh, the showstopper, in my opinion, is that what's being inoculated into people is corollary to what is being delivered from the jets in the uh, up above in the stratosphere. Because Big Pharma, the, that cartel known as Big Pharma that we've had to deal with for over 150 years now, they, they actually control the chemicals that are being delivered by the jets, the rockets, and the drones and they control the chemicals that are in our water systems, uh, in uh, GMO foods, uh, in, in the air. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's all uh, the same perpetrator, uh, it, which is not at all what it seems. You tend to think of it as just a bunch of cor uh, corporations, but it's a cartel. It operates as one giant uh, entity and I always think of what Rudolf Steiner said uh, regarding when you have like a bunch of cor corporations like this, and they all have the same basic um, intent, the basic uh, 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 objective and motive, that it now becomes an amalgam of their will, their, their, their concerted collective will. And that is called, among occultists, that's an egregore. And an egregore is a real being that is, can be created by human beings, uh, many of whom, I'm not sure how human they are anymore, because a lot of them, those corporate guys, they sacrifice their humanity for the sake of profit and power and all that. So... Uh, what does that mean? Well, they, they're sort of like uh, they create a vacuum where their hum human spirit and soul life should be. They create a vacuum there because they're not doing that anymore. They're doing something else. And into that vacuum come various beings, various entities. I don't know what you call them. I don't think I don't think aliens and stuff like that. I don't need to import stuff from another star system, believe me. Got plenty to deal with right here. So uh, those come into these uh, these people, previously human people, and, uh, and, and they take over. And that to me is sort of the problem now is that in my mind, what they did first was to control the environment, 
get hold of the entire environment. And I'm not talking, oh, we've got pollution. No, uh, that was that was sort of random how that was. And that had to do with the laws regarding um, capitalism and, uh, you know, and trying to control monopolies and all that, that, that whole, that earlier period of American history that probably ended around the 1930s. Uh, and the, no, I'm talking about um, where you have all these corporations who then um, take over the government, of course, the local government, the state government, everything they can. Uh, they prepare people, uh, train them in order to do this. Uh, they blackmail people, uh, take pictures of them with little children, perhaps, or, um, you know, give them drugs and make them do things that are horrid and take pictures of those. So there are many ways that uh, the, to me, the secret societies are number one in this. Uh, you know, all the big pharma boys, I'm sure, are members of secret societies, uh, Freemasons, Knights, uh, Knights of Malta, whatever it is. And it's in the secret societies that Kennedy warned us about before he was killed that you will find where the training really happens for how to, uh, how to make a human being non-human anymore and to move them into something where they will simply obey what they are told by those brothers who have higher degrees than them or those brothers who uh, have pictures of them with children or, or however that works. So that's kind of the mess we're in because we really haven't, Americans, they, they, they just have this religion called, in my opinion, uh, have this religion called uh, convenience and comfort. And they'll sell their souls and their children's souls and everybody's souls in order to have convenience and comfort. And, and so, you know, everybody's in shock now over what's happened in the last three years. And they're slowly beginning to wake up to how, what a con this was, what a psyop it's been. Uh, but they, they don't understand that they too are to blame because they went to sleep uh, when they shouldn't have. I mean, the, the one that I always think of because of my age and, and my life, the way my biography has, uh, has been put together, is uh, John Kennedy's assassination. You know, that was the very first thing that uh, was televised. That's the important part. It was uh, not just nationally televised, it was internationally televised. Uh, and um, uh, to kill a sitting president, to murder him in cold blood in public, traumatized the entire nation. Uh, and, you know, that, that sort of like ended the 50s dream which was post-World War II. So, you, you know, it all goes all the way back there. And then it, it's one thing after another because not one day of justice was ever fought for, uh, for that one act that certainly the CIA was involved in, Big Oil was involved in it, uh, Nazi uh, paperclip Nazis were involved in it. It was, it was a huge operation, huge operation because the people who planned that operation knew exactly what it would do to the Americans, uh, that they would just be 
like uh, deer in the headlights, trauma, uh, PTSD trauma survivors, like like we'd all just gone to Vietnam and then had seen the worst thing in the world and come back. And here we were then controlling America and making sure there was no justice that, you know, they just kept going, kept going. That's why we call it the deep state is because it, it was able to get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and, you know, taking uh, through many, many uh, venues. Uh, and uh, we never did anything about it. We never tried to stop it. I mean, I'm, I'm a 60s person. So, uh, you know, and I have not gone to sleep and I have not stopped since uh, the 60s because, uh, you know, I, I had tea with Kennedy in the Rose Garden when I was 16 I was at Girls Nation, and uh, I guess Bill Clinton was there at Boys Nation. He's he referred to it quite a few times when he was president. Um, uh, you know, we had tea with Kennedy in the Rose Garden just for like a half hour, forty five minutes or something. But it was a huge experience for me. And I go back to my home state, and I give my talk to the civic groups that paid for my trip to Washington, and I thank them. And then three months later, boom, he's dead. And then I'm invited back by the civic groups to again talk about that day with Kennedy and to rooms of sobbing Americans. Uh, and, um, you know, who are, we just hadn't a clue. They didn't know anything about Operation Paperclip. They didn't know we'd brought in thousands of card carrying Nazis and given them carte blanche and all of our medical institutions, our military bases, our universities. We just, we just handed the whole nation to them uh, and the fascists who were already here like Nixon. So, you know, you, you, you live a life like that and you wake up to a certain degree when you're that young. Uh, and then you start paying attention to things and things are just aren't fitting. They're just not fitting together the way they should. And you pay it. You, you remember that. And, you know, and then being as observant as I was, uh, then you you can't go back to living a personal life and saying, well, I'm just here to have a nice little personal life. And no, I, I couldn't do that. I, I, I've been living a public life most of my life because I, uh, I, I saw what happened to an entire nation on a tremendous level. I mean, now it's hard for people to understand that, that, um, you can you can blame you can become cynical, and you can sneer at all the people as being stupid and the people who should have uh, stopped these guys back then blew it like the to blame the whole '60s generation who were all incredibly young then and you know <laughs> we've all been young we know uh, you you think you know everything but you really don't know much of anything at all. But if you're observant and you carry that forward, you can do some things in life. And of course, I feel that everybody chooses to be here. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Uh, you know, it's not, it, there is a choice in the spiritual world as to whether you will stay there or you will come back. Uh, and so for me, uh, raised as I was as an Eastern European uh, by my grandparents, uh, who were Romanian. I was raised in an Eastern European neighborhood in Detroit. 
you know, these are people who know that there's the material world, yes, but that sort of like Russian nesting dolls, there's this whole spiritual world that is in this world and that we are spiritual beings living in bodies uh, with our wonderful brain. And um, we came here with something in mind to do. Uh, I once met a woman, a young woman, who wrote an essay that I never forgot. She was at Waldorf teacher training with uh, that I, I was at uh, for Steiner education. And um, she said that she had this amazing aha moment when she realized that when she heard that the 60s generation was the largest generation in history. Well, it's, it's typical that the generation who come in after a war are going to be very large. But she said that she saw that the 60s generation had stood in the spiritual world and had watched World War I when an entire generation of European youth were completely decimated. And that was a chemical war, total chemical warfare, the whole thing. You know, um, and then just a few years after that, World War II. And we'd watched all that war happen and all that death and carnage and disgusting stuff. And that the 60s generation had said, we're going in, we're going in. And that was the best of our generation. I knew people who felt exactly as I feel about this. We were not just as Time Magazine said about sex, drugs and rock and roll. That was not all we were about. We were about the spirit, we were about politics, we were about fighting evil, finding and fighting evil. So, you know, for me, um, that's, I guess it's kept me going, but it's sort of like who I am. Uh, I'm one of the vanguard of that generation and I've taken good care of myself so that I'm not a broken down old lady I've been healthy foods, growing, you know, organic, eating only organic, except when I eat out and then trying to eat like a saint the next three days. Uh, and then um, uh, I haven't been to a doctor since I was 13 because I studied Chinese medicine in the, uh, when I was in my 20s. I thought I'd be a Chinese doctor, Chinese medical doctor, but life had different things in mind for me. But I have re remained with that ability to think in yin yang and an ability to keep my body uh, highly functional and highly, uh, you know, I gave all drugs up when I was 21. I haven't had any, not even an aspirin uh, and certainly not psychedelics, uh, all of it. I just, uh, you know, I've got to keep my own consciousness. I've got to develop this consciousness on my own. Uh, I, I'm going to need everything I possibly have. And that really is how I feel about the geoengineering is that uh, if it weren't so important, I wouldn't have spent all these years on it. But I realized, my God, it is the, the biggest elephant in the living room. And it is connected to everything else that's going on. Uh, it's as though they decided they would use an epigenetic approach to transhumanism. And epigenetics means that you, you utilize the, the environment to impact. And that's what they've done. They've turned the earth 
and uh, all our cities and communities into um, something that is unfriendly to a real human being, basically. You get sick from the environment now. Uh, it, the environment is loaded with laws that prevent you from enjoying the uh, environment. Uh, and, uh, and they've gotten it ready for the, a transhuman race. And that's what started with the uh, inoculation, is a transhuman race. That is underway now. The very first transhuman race is uh, underway. Should I take a pause here and let you get a word in edgewise? <laughs> <laughs> no, you are doing, obviously doing just fine steering the ship. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but uh, very appropriate timing uh, as I myself live in northern uh, california and as far as weather control we are suffering from it and this is one of the no-go zones as far as they're concerned and we're suffering some of the most insane weather anybody has ever uh could remember we've gotten they're calling them atmospheric rivers uh, I think we're on like number eight or something in like a month long period and we had uh a uh, couple weeks of snow. We had like six feet of snow in a couple days where it, all the roads are collapsing. Um, and uh, lightning and thunder during the snowstorm. It's it's been pretty damn wild. Uh, a number of uh, uh, typhoons off the coast right here, crawling right up the coast. Uh, yeah. Just crazy. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to make sure we're all on the same page, there there is no, the climate change story and the global warming story are simply cover stories for a highly militarized program uh, that has taken over, as I said, the ionosphere, uh, which is begins at about 42 miles up and goes on up to the magnetosphere way above that our geomagnetic grid is connected to under our feet. So, uh, you know, this is, this is what the technology is capable of. And, you know, people keep importing aliens and things. You don't need to import aliens. This is completely done by humans who have sacrificed their real humanity and now probably are in alliance with some sort of entities here on the earth. I, I mean, I don't know. And I don't spend a lot of time on that because I can, I can see exactly how you, you set up an AI system to control an entire planet, much like Saturn. Uh, and, and I think this is probably what happened to Saturn long, long, long ago is they too uh, had an AI system uh, that, you know, uh, could even be running today, uh, given that the rings around Saturn appear to be being repaired, strangely, if you can believe NASA, which I always have trouble believing NASA in just about anything. They say they send up these, uh, the, these uh, types of contrivances that are taking photos and, uh, and and sending them back to the earth. But I don't know that that's true. But I know that, that you know, this solar system is very old and a lot of things have gone on here before I ever got here. 
uh, and uh, and I, I want to give credit where credit is due, uh, but NASA is not where I would start because the disinformation <laughs> is so deep, and uh, you know NASA is basically a PR agency that tries to keep everybody happy and throw out some stuff now and then, and you know go to Mars and we've been to the moon and all that. It's all just made up, all just made up. They've got big problems for if they're thinking they're going to get off this planet and go anywhere. They've got big things to deal with. So, um, you know, the, the geoengineering I'm concerned about is the one that is impacting human beings so extremely and if I had to pick one thing to spend a bit of time on, it would be the nanotechnology, because that is not just being uh, inoculated into people. That's not that's not the worst of our problems, truthfully, as far as the nanotechnology goes. It's that we're breathing it. We're breathing it in. It goes into our lungs. A nano is one billionth of a meter, so it's very, very tiny. It goes in the lungs, it goes into the blood, and it goes easily through the blood-brain barrier into our brains. And now, because they have these transmission, this uh, I mean, even though it's tiny, you have to imagine that you can, you can build little tiny computers in there that are actually transmitting and receiving so that uh, those out here on laptops sitting at various military bases or uh, fusion centers or uh, Cape Canaveral or Cape Kennedy, they can easily uh, not just move and shift clouds according to using barometric pressures and lasers, uh, but they can also utilize uh, their technology to control the nanotech, the nanobots, the nanorobots in our bodies and brains. And that's, that's before the last three years they've been able to do that. And we have, now we have logged about 20 years in the, the active geoengineering program that they keep saying, well, we haven't started it yet, or we're, we're going to have to start it now because we, well, you know, climate change, no, it, it's been going now for at least 20 years. And we've been breathing in this technology that they're developing over these 20 years that's going in here. And it is not eliminated in sweat, feces, or urine. Not at all. It remains in the tissues. And it's sort of like waiting for its master's voice. Uh, from one of these places where uh, they're in touch with the technology. They can operate uh, Elon Musk's satellites easily. Uh, all of these, this whole controversy on the earth now, uh, I call it the space fence in the second book, the under an ionized sky. And I explain thoroughly how the space fence is set up. You've got the stuff going on around the planet above us that would include the ionosphere, but now they're actually building a very Saturnine looking ring around our planet at the, uh, above the equator. And so now they have that, that's uh, all composed of 
a lot of metals, uh, conductive metals, uh, a lot of nanotech. And, and then down here on Earth, then they have this uh, radar installations, the next rads. The next rads are those things that look like big golf balls that are basically radar installations. Uh, I've got the iPhone, uh, got the, uh, the cell towers, uh, got the fiber optic cable in the ground. All, all of this, all of this is calibrated to resonate together by the harp system. That's what the harp system really does well. Uh, and it is also a weapon system, which I won't talk about right now, but it is a high, a very sophisticated weather system. You saw it operating in 9-11. That was a harp operation. So, uh, so here we are sandwiched between uh, all of this, uh, this technology up here uh, that's most of it's tiny, nanosensors, trillions and trillions and trillions. Uh, down here, the infrastructure of this uh, radar installation that's endless. And, um, and then inside our bodies, and we live between these two realms, right? Inside our bodies are, are all this uh, nanobots that can uh, be controlled remotely at any distance. Satellite, sure, satellite, no problem. Uh, at, you know, thousands of miles on the earth, no problem. Underground, under the sea, no problem. So, you know, as Tesla said, you've, if you want to understand the universe, you have to understand frequency and vibration. And, uh, and that is really true uh, in order to understand our condition. Uh, and at the same time, all that's been built up, we've been poorly educated. I mean, most Americans graduate high school and know zip. Most Americans graduate college and no zip. So uh, that's, that's all been set up on purpose. So that because a large slave class will come out of this transhuman generation, they keep telling you, you're going to be enhanced. No, not really. Not really. That enhancement will probably uh, be reserved for the very rich and the very elite. Uh, but the rest of us are simply the slave class. Uh, and, and meanwhile, they're culling uh, the human population uh, by a lot of people dying now. So, um, you know, this is all secret society stuff. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. If you, if you say, oh, I don't do spiritual stuff, it's all garbage. And well, uh, that's a bad idea. You should be pursuing it with a vengeance to learn how this works from that occult uh, spiritual level. And Rudolf Steiner is, to me, the only giant uh, that I trust. I certainly am familiar with many other uh, trips, as we used to call it in the 60s. But, uh, but Rudolf Steiner is, um, is the most eth ethical in my mind and, and sees that the Western mysteries are very valuable. That's, we're in the West, right? We're Western people. We're not Eastern people. We're not Chinese or Japanese or Indi from India. Um, we're Westerners and we've lost our way because we've allowed the materialists to just take us for a terrible, terrible ride. 
and basically destroy uh, anything that was great about the Western cultures. Uh, so to take that back, uh, we have to begin with spirit. We have to begin with what spirit really is. Now, prayer is wonderful, uh, but I can't, I think we have to accept our responsibility as human beings, that we must make choices, that we must use our free will to, uh, to repair what's been broken asunder uh, due to our inactivity, due to our sleepiness, our dreaminess, our our, our love of pleasure, uh, and you know we don't care about uh, the rest of it. We just we we've been really ruined by capitalism post World War II. In that we've had a lot of gugaws, a lot of money, a lot of a lot of stuff going on, and um, we just didn't have the right education to really uh, begin to grapple with the price we were going to pay. Uh, because we went to, we, we allowed sleep to overtake us. And our masters, you know, they know that uh, knowledge is power. And they, they don't want us to have any of it. They want it all. And that's why I'm so glad that since I was a little girl, I have sought out knowledge uh, very, very uh, forcefully. Uh, with carrying around lists of books that I needed to read in order to prepare myself for a very arduous life. I knew that when I was a little girl. Uh, so, you know, we can pick that up now and take it forward. Uh, and that's that's what my hope is. And I'm, I'm the geoengineering girl at this point to explain how the system works so that you can not be subject to the AI that is running uh, the system. And you can, uh, you can begin to change your diet, change how you live, uh, and do the things that will enhance your human 1.0 uh, so that you don't fall sway to being a human 2.0. <clears throat> I, I don't honestly, uh, and this is funny because you're at, at the beginning, you're like, um, I'm not sure if you're, uh, uh, audience here is uh familiar with all these things and i i already operated off the assumption that they're so familiar with them that they've already applied most of these things to their lives um i spent a number of years in reading before i moved over to uh, uh humboldt county and reading is uh testing grounds for all of these different uh chemtrails and whatnot um Christy and I have, I don't even know how many hours of video and, and different photos and things uh, where we would just watch them just checkerboard the sky. Uh, they like to do this one where they'd lay down a black chemtrail and then they'd put send two smaller jets and they lay down two white chemtrails and it'd just cover that black one up. And we wouldn't see that one real often, but I've seen that one, I think, five times, five or six different times. Um so a lot of these things we just already uh, assume. Um, and the thing that I've act been most actively seeking is a way to remediate the soil uh, to try and uh, you're, most places are seeing this real deadness on the inside of uh, trees. And uh, you see all these That's older phenomenal. trees where the inside, 
yeah yeah so it's trying to trying to chelate this aluminum and get it to up and move out of the soil is one but of the part, things i've been working on quite a bit but part of that is also familiarity with biodynamic farming i mean i think biodynamics is it, you've got to replenish the ether the ether that is in the earth uh, and yeah, okay, you control the aluminum, but it's the ether that is really under tremendous assault now. And how do you how do you bring the ether back into the earth? Well, one of the things is you have to begin with yourself and bring the etheric forces back into your own body. I mean, you're saying that you're familiar with all this, but I know you're not familiar with how this etheric level works. I mean, they banned the whole uh, word and concept of ether back in the 1920s. Why did they do that? Well, they didn't want people understanding how life really works on the planet. They wanted them to think it was all minerals and, uh, and deposits. They, they didn't want it to, people to think that the planet is alive and is this great spiritual being who is being sapped. I mean, basically what I'm talking about with HARP, et cetera, is um, and that's scalar technology. Scalar technology is etheric technology, and it's been weaponized for God's sake. It's been weaponized. So this idea of of salvaging your earth so that you can grow really nutritious food, I highly recommend that you begin to study. If you aren't already, excuse me for assuming, but the biodynamic farming principles of Rudolf Steiner. Are, are completely about resurrecting the etheric forces of the earth. And that, that's so important. Uh, and at the same time, your own diet. I mean, I assume it, we're all eating food now that is less than maximum in its uh, ability to nourish us. So what do we do about that? Are, we, are, we, are people taking supplements? I mean, I don't do supplements. Um, I do depend on food. Uh, and so I try to get the best quality food. And if I live like you are living rurally, you know, I, I would be growing uh, whatever I could and, and um, a biochar. You'd be doing biochar because you've got a lot of forest up there. So you can put that carbon back into the earth. And, you know, I mean, I know you know all that. You, you know way more than I do about that. Uh, but I, I just want to make clear that what I'm trying to say is that these systems now, the chemistry, the electromagnetics, uh, the, uh, the nanotech, they all work together to control our synthetic biology or, or to control our biology and make us synthetic, right? Artificial. Uh, that's, that's the key. Yeah, this is, uh, as far as I can tell, this is honestly just, an ancient cult and it goes clear back to the prometheus and the you know give man fire and then uh, a large portion of man wanted to give the fire back the fire of free will the ability to be able to think and do because uh that's that's what what we're talking about with free will like when they talk about uh the some of the etheric beings like the angels and things having not not having free will it's not that they can't say yes or no or make choices they just can't 
act in the way that we can because they don't live on this level. So they don't have the, the will to do it, the actual will. Um, and most people uh, or a lot of people wanted to give that back. And that's all we're talking about here is once again, just giving that back like over and over. That seems to be the fight that just comes up again and again. Well, we absolutely uh, uh, love hearing your work and uh, everybody, you guys all know the deal. Um, jump on over to the Rockfin side where we can really uh, just openly say whatever we want and not worry about the uh, YouTube overlords uh, clamping down on us. And we can uh, further this conversation with Alana um, and get a bathroom break in between. Uh, come on over to the Rockfin side where it's uh, free to watch. It's also free to sign up if you want to leave a comment. That's all you have to do is sign up for an account, just like you did with YouTube. And uh, if you want to pay for the, uh, they've split it into two different things over at Rockfin. It's $15 a month to get everybody's uh, premium stuff and $5 a month if you just want to support the individual person and only have access to their premium. Although, again, as always, full disclosure, I don't put anything on premium. And the great news is uh, Flatoberfest for this year is going to be in Las Vegas. So everybody get ready for that. That is going to be huge. Um, going to love it. But with that, love all you guys on the YouTube side. Thank you.